welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by one of our founding pastors, John Ferguson, as we begin a brand new series, Above All Names. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. It is so great to be here. Uh, my name is John, and I'm one of the, one of the pastors here at Community and uh, there is no place that I'd rather be uh, than celebrating Christmas as we kick off this series with you here at the Yellow Box. Do you remember what it was like, though, when you were a kid at Christmas time? Kind of turn the clock back just a little bit and think about that. What it was like for you when you were a kid at Christmas? You know, my dad uh, was a pastor, still is a pastor, and so we would spend the better part of Christmas Eve at church. But I actually loved it. We would have like a a five or six o'clock in the evening service, and then there would be kind of a gap. Then we'd have another service at like 11 o'clock in the evening that would end just after midnight. We wouldn't get home until like, you know, around one in the morning. And by that time, I I was absolutely dead tired, but the adrenaline was so flowing because I just couldn't wait until Santa would be around to deliver the goods, right? Uh, Someone said that life consists of three stages. In the first stage, we visit Santa Claus. In stage two, we discover that we are Santa Claus. And then in the final stage, we begin to look like Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, you know, my brother, uh, Dave, some of you might know, know him. He's around here occasionally. Uh, we shared a bedroom growing up. My sister was the youngest, and so she had a bedroom of her own, of course. Uh, we all hit the sack pretty much once we got home from church. And then... You know, we would wait quietly listening to any sound that would indicate that presents were possibly being placed under the tree. Maybe you can relate to this. You know, the sound of plastic bags being opened and closed, doors opening and closing, lights being turned off and on, footsteps going up and down the stairs. I never could quite understand how Santa seemed to be able to leave our gifts under the tree the very moment my mom and dad went to bed. Still trying to figure that one out. But as soon as we were certain that mom and dad had gone to bed for the night, you know, we would quietly tiptoe down the stairs to see what Santa had left for us. The anticipation, right? I mean, the excitement, the wonder of it all. Well, except for that year when Santa Claus left my brother Dave and me boxing gloves for Christmas. Yeah, I ended up with a bloody nose on Christmas Eve. What kind of diabolical Santa Claus would leave brothers boxing gloves on Christmas? Tell me that. And so after years of therapy, I've learned to love this time of year once again. (laughs) But you know, as much as I love it, I I have to admit that I don't necessarily have that same sense of wonder I had as a child. And I kind of wonder, why not? Why not? You know, it's kind of like the first time you go to a place like Niagara Falls. How many of you have been to Niagara Falls? Okay, a bunch of you have, sure. And I remember when I went as a child, I was just blown away. I mean, the falls seemed so massive, larger than life. And the, and the stories of people, you know, going over the falls in a barrel or crossing the falls on a tightrope, I mean, they, they keep completely captivated me. But, you know, I've been back a couple times as an adult, and they just don't provoke the same wonder that they once did. And so I was thinking about that, and I wonder, why not? You know, could it be that life's disappointments have a way of moving us away from wonder towards cynicism? You know, maybe our addiction to hurry and the, and the fast pace of life causes us to neglect this part of our life. We don't let ourselves slow down long enough to wonder like we once did. 
Or I don't know, maybe we sort of dismiss wonder as something kind of childish. You know, eh, that's something you kind of grow out of. And so I wonder, why don't we wonder? Uh, it makes me think of something G.K. Chesterton once said. Uh, he said, the world will never lack for wonders, only for a lack of wonder. Think about that. The world will never lack for wonders, only for a lack of of wonder. And so our hope is that this Christmas you won't lack wonder because you know pretty much everything about the Christmas story is a wonder. I mean after all we're actually celebrating. Let's remember that the God of the universe broke through into time and space to become one of us. And how he came, I mean is so unpredictable. I mean, he came in the most helpless and unassuming way one could imagine. He came as a baby, and not a baby born to royalty, but a baby born in poverty. I mean, his mom and dad were homeless, right? Immigrants on the run from a cruel dictator. And yet this was the child of this was the child that was God coming to our world. Or as one translation puts it, he moved into the neighborhood. I kind of like that. He moved into the neighborhood. And then writing about 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah describes the coming king. And I'd like for us to, to read this together. Okay, let's read this together. You ready? All right, here we go. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, gives us four names for this God who moved into the neighborhood. And he said, he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so each week during this series, we're going to take a look at one of these names for Jesus and what it can tell us about who Jesus is and how that particular name can bring tremendous significance and maybe even wonder, maybe even wonder this Christmas. Now, every time I've taught on this particular name of Jesus, Wonderful Counselor, I've always focused on the counselor part of Wonderful Counselor. And I remember I would talk about how fortunate we are, you know, that we have access to the most knowledgeable and relationally savvy counselor on the planet. I mean, he makes Dr. Phil look like a lightweight, right? And while all that is true, today we're going to focus more on the wonderful part. I mean, what does it mean that Jesus is wonderful? What does it mean that Jesus is wonderful? Well, the Hebrew word translated wonderful in Isaiah 9 is the word pele, all right? Pele, say that after me, pele. Yeah, very good. And even though in English, you see, in this particular passage, it comes across like an adjective describing counselor, right? Wonderful counselor. Wonderful in the Hebrew is actually a noun. And so it's not that Jesus is just a wonderful counselor. Rather, Jesus is a wonder. The word wonderful there is actually a noun. Isaiah is saying Jesus is not just a wonderful counselor, but Jesus is a wonder. The word pele means Jesus is extraordinary, hard to be understood, astounding in such a way that it causes a, an intense feeling of amazement. That's who Jesus is. Now, maybe you're a step ahead of me, but when I first heard that Hebrew word pele, you know what I thought of? Yeah, I immediately thought of the Brazilian soccer player, Pele, right? Remember him? That picture looked familiar? I found out that his real name is actually Edson. Edson. Pelé was a nickname that he was given. And then when I realized it was a nickname, I was thinking, oh yeah, his nickname, it had to be after this Hebrew word, Pelé, right? Because how he performed on the soccer field, I mean, it was astounding, right? It left people wondering, what in the world? How does he do that? No, 
Unfortunately, that's not the case. His name doesn't mean that at all. But if it helps you remember the Hebrew word for wonder, just think about Pele and the wonders he could perform on the soccer field. And so Isaiah isn't merely saying that the Messiah is wonderful. Get this, folks. He's saying that this child who was born to us, Jesus, is a wonder. He's a wonder. Uh, Dr. Neil Burton defined wonder in the following way. He said, he said, wonder is a complex emotion involving elements of surprise, curiosity, contemplation, and joy. It's perhaps best defined as a heightened state of consciousness and an emotion brought about by something singularly beautiful, rare, or unexpected. You see, wonder is different than curiosity. Knowledge can extinguish curiosity. Familiarity quenches surprise. Wonder, however, seems to grow and deepen the more fully we seek to know and understand. See, true wonder has depth, it has gravity. It creates in us an attitude of humility as we're just so overwhelmed by a sense of greatness. I'll tell you, well, let, let, let's try this out, okay? Uh, just imagine for a few moments, all right, that you, uh, you were up in the space shuttle, okay? You're in the space shuttle and you're, you're cruising along, you know, you kind of got your hand up on the steering wheel, you know, I don't know how many thousands of miles above the earth. Isn't it like that? No? Okay, well, just imagine that it is, all right? And you're taking it all in. I mean, it's just incredible, right? Now, you know what the earth looks like, right? I mean, you've seen plenty of pictures, pictures like this, right? You've spun a, a globe a few times. You know the geography of the earth, how it spins on its axis. But I mean, if you were up in that space shuttle and you had a chance to look out the window back at earth, do you think you'd say, ah, I don't need to look at it. I've already seen it before. Of course not. I mean, you would gaze out that window and be filled and blown away with wonder, wouldn't you? Uh, do you remember the first time that you looked at something under a microscope? Do you remember that? Maybe it was in science class when you were a kid. And it might have been something as simple as a housefly or, or, or maybe a leaf from a tree. But you were blown away with wonder because you could suddenly see so much more than you'd ever seen before, right? And in those moments, don't we experience something deeper than curiosity or surprise? I think we feel awe. We feel amazement. We feel wonder. You see, 2,000 years ago, wonder broke into our world and they called him Jesus. And the truth is that everything about Jesus led people to wonder. Everything about him was unique and distinctive and amazing. I mean, everywhere Jesus went, he dropped the mic and the crowds dropped their jaws. You know, Jesus' words invoked wonder. Yeah, his words invoked wonder. One of Jesus' talks is sometimes referred to as the greatest sermon ever taught. You know why? Because it is. And I mean, in this talk in Matthews 5, 6, and 7, I mean, Jesus covers so many facets of human life. He addresses anger and marriage and forgiveness. He talks about loving our enemies, giving to those in need, prayer, anxiety, judgment, wisdom. And in each case, he takes conventional wisdom and he just flips it on its head. And his words are absolutely incredible, revolutionary. And when he finished his sermon, those who were standing there were absolutely amazed. I mean, Jesus taught this. He said, you've heard it said, love your, 
neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Why do you look at the speck of dust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And here we are over 2,000 years later and his words, I mean, they just continue to fill us with wonder. Those who actually take the time to stop and reflect and read his words are still blown away. His teachings have endured hundreds of years of scrutiny. They've been translated in over 1,400 languages. They have crossed almost every ethnic and cultural barrier known to man. Why? Because Jesus' words are full of wonder. Yeah, they're full of wonder. But you know what? It doesn't stop there because Jesus' his actions were also such that they led us to wonder. I mean, almost everywhere you turn in the story of Jesus' life, you will find him doing something incredible and unexpected. His friend Matthew describes one of these times, and I want to read this to you. It says, Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. And the people were amazed. I mean, can you imagine what it must have been like? I mean, just allow yourself to go there for a moment. What was it like to be up there on that hill? with Jesus watching a man who had never, ever walked before suddenly get up to his feet and walk, maybe even run. I mean, can you imagine the joy of a woman who has never seen open her eyes and take in the beauty of creation for the very first time? I mean, what was it like for someone who'd never heard the human voice before, suddenly ears be open to be able to hear those tones for the very first time? I mean, it's hard to imagine it, isn't it? I don't maybe this will help a little bit. I, I couldn't help it. I want to show you this video. It's, uh, it's a several people who actually hear for the very first time. Maybe you've seen something like this on YouTube. Take a look. Okay, okay say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi, Cooper. <gasps> hi, Cooper. <laughs> Okay, what do you think? How does Hi, baby. Put together? It sounds good. <laughs> oh, tissues. Hi, Grayson. Talk to him, Daddy. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. <laughs> Daddy. Yes, here. There you go. It's peeping. Say hi, so now technically your device is on. <laughs> Can you tell? That kind of gets you every time, doesn't it? (laughs) Imagine being with Jesus and seeing this happen time and time and time again. And you know, today he still brings physical healing sometimes, but he also brings healing to our hurts, our disappointments, our failures. 
Yeah, I mean, the wonder of Jesus is that he brings wholeness to the most painful and broken parts of our lives. He is wonderful. But perhaps the most wonderful thing about Jesus is the very thing we celebrate this time of year. You with me? His birth. I mean, at Christmas, we celebrate the wonder that God came to us himself. He is God with us. Theologian Alistair McGrath uh, put it this way. He said, God did not send a subordinate to redeem us. He chose to do it himself. I recently came across a a story about a gift Billy Joel gave his daughter on her 12th birthday. She was in New York City. Her performing father was in Los Angeles on concert tour. And so he called her that morning apologizing that he wouldn't be there. But he told her, hey, be sure and wait for this evening. There'll be a package that comes to the door. Well, later that evening, the doorbell rang and she ran to the door. She opened it to find a seven foot tall, brightly wrapped package. And as she tore open the package... Yeah, you guessed it. Fresh off the plane from Los Angeles was her father, Billy Joel. You see, Jesus' birth means the creator of the universe, the one through whom all things were made, the one who is wonderful, loves us so much that he showed up on our doorstep. He came to be with us. And though few could understand what was actually happening, those who encountered this child in the manger knew they were witnessing something breathtaking, something earth-altering. The shepherds rushed to the manger when they heard the news, and they were so overcome with joy that they spread the news to everyone they came into contact with, and all those that heard were absolutely amazed. Jesus is a wonder. And the wonder of Christmas was never meant to remain in the past. Jesus wants to break into our world as a wonder today. And don't you sort of want to experience that? Don't you feel that? Wouldn't you like to be blown away by his presence this Christmas? Who here saw the eclipse back in August? Do you remember it, the eclipse? Okay, yeah, maybe half of you. I I was in New York City dropping my daughter off at college. And so I was so caught up in all the preparations and stress. It was our first year at school that I I had no idea what was going on with the eclipse. I didn't even know it was occurring, really. It's something that won't happen for another seven years. But fortunately, that afternoon as we were there, I ran into another dad that I knew from Chicago whose son was also going to that school and he said to me, he stopped me right in the hall and said, you got to see this. This is incredible. And then he handed me some of those paper glasses that people had. You remember those? You put on, it allows you to see it much more clearly. And so I took it and I kind of reluctantly walked outside and I, and I looked up in the sky and I'll never forget it because he was so right. I mean, if you saw it, it really was incredible. I didn't want to walk away. And as I watched the moon slowly, you know, cover the sun, I felt this growing sense of awe and wonder. Uh, Author Margaret Feinberg wrote about the wonder she and others felt from the eclipse. And she said this, she said, temperature plummeted, darkness descended, jaws dropped. She said, yesterday we stood in holy awe of a heavenly display wrapped by celestial power and beauty. A black fireball compelled strangers to erupt in wild applause at the airport. People who didn't know one another were sharing sunscreen, snacks, and conversing. Wonder drew people together and encouraged unity. It made me ask, she said, what if you could continue the awe and wonder of the eclipse every day? And I believe we can. 
with something much (laughs) more wonderful than the eclipse. Because the words and the actions and the birth of Jesus still has the power to strike us with an ongoing sense of awe and wonder. When we allow ourselves to truly be captivated by him, because the truth is he is still God with us, living by his spirit inside of every Christ follower. He's still speaking. He's still doing miracles. And he still is with us and continues to be wonderful. <laughs> Do you remember back in the heyday of the Michael Jordan era with the Chicago Bulls? Back when they were a professional basketball team? You remember that? <laughs> I, I know it's a faint memory now. But you know, back then, I mean, everybody wanted to go to a Bulls game. Am I right? I mean, we couldn't wait to show up, right? You would see gravity, defying dunks, unstoppable drives, remarkable plays. I mean, we watched with tremendous anticipation. You remember what that was like? (laughs) I kind of want you to approach this Christmas season that same way. And I want you to consider this an invitation right now in this moment to allow yourself to be sort of wide-eyed with wonder, if you will, because of this Savior who was born. I mean, let this Christmas awaken in you a sort of childlike faith that expects, that expects something amazing to happen. In fact, the only challenge I wanna give you today is a simple one, and it's this. Every day between now and Christmas, I challenge you to begin your day with this prayer. Jesus, I'm ready to see your wonder. Jesus, I'm ready to see your wonder. Would you do that? Look for him in your work days and in your weekends. Look for him in your meeting-filled Mondays and your lazy Saturdays. Search for him in your snowy sunsets and laughter. Pray for and expect wonder. For when you search for God, you will find him. You will find Jesus. You will find and experience wonder. For to us, a child is born and to us, a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The wonder of Jesus is all around us. If we would just have the eyes to see it and experience it, open your eyes to his presence. Open your eyes to Jesus. Open your eyes to wonder. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and... uh, It's still kind of early in the Christmas season. But God, Lord Jesus, we are ready to see your wonder. Lord, help us to see it through your teachings. Help us to see it through what you've done and what you are doing. Help us to see it in this child, this baby that was born in the most unlikely context. And so, Lord, help us to get lost in the wonder of your birth. Help us to get lost in the wonder of your life. Help us to get lost in the wonder of your death, your resurrection. Help us to get lost in the wonder of your love. For greater love has no one than this, and he laid down one's life for his friends. God, we love you. We anticipate your wonder. We pray all this in your son Jesus' precious and holy name. 
a name that is wonderful. Amen.